Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Um, so glad uh, we got Mark and Stephanie, Nico, Anna, and Ari here. And uh, they're not all moved in, but you're sort of moved in, right? So, uh, boy, they have been busy. Um, so, Mark, if you fall asleep in the middle of the message, it's okay. You got to pass. Because they have been working so hard. And, uh, but we're so glad that you all are here. And welcome to the Good News family. And uh, all these people are here in support of you and care about you and are standing with you and beside you. And the number one person that's doing that is me, too. All right? Amen. Um, well, Mark and I, you know, we talked about this week because they were going to be moving, and, and he asked me if I would share, and we talked about what that would look like, and uh, we decided we wanted to do something to celebrate the past, right, Mark, to, to celebrate the past and remember the past, but then also see this as a, as a very special time of excitement moving on into the future. Um, Mark texted me just the other night and, and some other people as well saying, I'm so excited about the future, and he really is. And so we want to do that today. We want to give, celebrate the past and then look forward, hopefully, into the future. And the way I want to start this out is I want to tell you this. This church was meant to be. Okay? This church was meant to be. Uh, this church wasn't my idea. It wasn't even your idea. This church was God's idea. It was placed here by the providence of God. And looking back in our history, we were born out of adversity, but we were fueled with purpose and called by God to be witnesses for Jesus Christ in the greater Leesburg area and even the remotest part of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Good News Church was birthed on September uh, 20 of 2009. That's also Roger Smith's birthday. So if you want to remember Roger's birthday. Yeah, you remember that. September 20, 2009. And I have a couple pictures here uh, of the first meeting that we had. There we go. A couple This is in the Genesis Center, First Baptist Genesis. And then there's another, another one that's a little bit further back, I think. There you go. Um, it was a great time. It was a great time. Uh, we met in the Genesis Center after I met with uh, Pastor Cliff Lee and Art Aris. And uh, talked them into letting us rent the Genesis Center. And uh, they gave us a great, a great deal on that. And we were there for about six months. We were there for about six months. Um, but those first weeks, those first weeks is where the vision of Good News Church was cast. Was cast. And I have an older pamphlet here. Some of you may have seen this pamphlet, but it says it really well. And so I'm going to read a few things from the pamphlet just about the vision um, that started Good News Church. It says, Good News Church just might be your kind of church. And just a brief aside, don't tell anybody, but we thought about saying Good News Church is not your grandmother's church. But we decided against that. You know, we thought, that, but that's not a really good slogan. Just, Good News Church just might be your kind of church. And then it has bullet points. It says, our church is casual. Wear what you want. Come as you are. There you go. Our church is contemporary. The style of music, atmosphere, and language is current. Our church is relevant. Teaching is geared to real life and practical application. Our church is open-armed. All are welcome, believers, unbelievers, seekers, and skeptics. Our church is Christ-centered. Jesus is the focus of who we are 
in what we do. Our church is Bible teaching. We teach the Bible as truth and applicable for today. Our church is imperfect. No church is perfect because we are made up of imperfect people and imperfect pastors. Our church is mission-driven. Love God, love each other, and love people who don't know God yet. Our church is outward-focused. We exist to serve and not be served. And as you know, that's what Jesus said. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And on the inner page, it says what we do and who we are. So we started Good News Church. When we started Good News Church, we had something very distinctive in mind. Our thinking was that Leesburg didn't need another traditional church. There were plenty of great traditional churches in this area doing wonderful things. We felt that what was needed was a different kind of church, a church that would reach a wider spectrum of people, especially the unchurched, a church that bleeds honesty and authenticity, a church that is contemporary, relevant, open-armed, and casual, a church where no one is perfect, but everyone is seeking, growing, and desiring to serve and honor God, a church where all are accepted just as they are and challenged to be more than they are. A church that proclaims the good news in plain language and helps people to become followers of Jesus Christ, Christians. Our mission at Good News Church is to love God, love each other, and love people who don't know God yet. Make disciples. Yes, that's a tall order, but that is what Jesus told us to do in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. He was very clear. So that's the plan. That's why we're here, and that's what we do. And if that sounds like your kind of church, then come and join us and be part of what God is doing at, with, and through Good News Church. So that's what we talked about in those early days of Good News Church, and it's what we still talk about when we have our membership classes. It's a vision, a vision that we started with that's ever-changing, I might add, that's ever-changing. So after about six months or so, um, First Baptist Church decided they wanted to repurpose the Genesis Center. They were talking about, Cliff's talking about they might want to start a Hispanic congregation, something like that. So we moved. And we moved into a Leesburg landmark icon, the Opera House on Main Street. Uh, we had no idea what a good deal First Baptist had given us. Our rent tripled <laughs> like that. Our rent tripled. Um, but we had more space. We had room, more room for kids' church, nursery, and offices. And it was kind of cool being downtown. You know, there's a certain vibe uh, downtown, and part of that is good, and part of that is not so good. Uh, for instance, once a year we have Bike Week, all right? And it gets pretty crazy downtown. So um, we had to move out every, every uh, once a week every year and go to the high school and have church there. And we would print up flyers. I left some of those for you, Mark. I, I have this stack of stuff for you to look through on your desk. And, uh, and we passed those out during bike week for people to come over to go to church there. But the reason we had to, it's not we were afraid of bikers. And we love bikers. It's because they turned the opera house into what was called the rat hole saloon. Okay? The rat hole saloon. And uh, anyway, it was pretty interesting, but I kind of liked it because I was one of the only pastors that could say, you know, our church meets in the Rat Hole Saloon. <laughs> That's that downtown vibe, you know? That's that downtown vibe. But um, here are a few pictures of those early days in the Opera House. We're just going to kind of scroll through them. Ted and Don are going to try and hang with me. That's Barb Lee and Helena, and they're doing some sort of a sign-up something there. Oh, it's Canned Good Drive. There you go. For Good News Church. Okay, next slide. This is a membership class in one of the rooms at the Opera House. 
Uh, two of those people, I'm going to mention them, Jorge Reyes, recently gone to be with the Lord, and Jesse Collip. Um, the rest of those people are still around and very thankful that was one of our membership classes. Next one. Oh, that's me turkey hunting. Uh, as I was going through it, I thought, well, I'm going to put that in there because what are they going to do, fire me? <laughs> right. What are they going to do? <laughs> okay, so next slide. Next slide. Okay, this is the Opera House, and uh, that's the, the worship band up front there. And uh, anyway, this is from the back. This is from the back, and you can see the shutters are all pulled down so we can see the video. Do you all remember the lights that used to be wrapped around the trusses? Yeah, I guess that's a downtown vibe. Not sure. Okay, next. Okay, this is Dwayne, and that's Dustin, and also Lynn over there on tech. She's still doing tech, and, and Dwayne is still back there. Um, Dustin has gone on to be with the Lord. Um, next slide. Uh, this is um, one of the things I loved that we used to do at the Opera House is outdoor baptisms, okay? Outdoor baptisms on the street within line of sight, okay, line of sight of City Hall. It was so cool. People would be driving by on Sunday in their cars, and they'd go, what in the world? And they see that we're doing baptisms. It was a wonderful thing. This is, uh, I thought this was Aaron Bragdon, but after it's blown up, it's not. It's Eddie Brown's girlfriend. I think her name was, was Anna. And uh, this is a baptism, and as you're looking at these pictures, I'm going to flash through a few of them. Look in the background, and you might see some people you know. You can see Joey Williams right there holding Gideon when he was young, and, uh, and Tim Sullivan in the background. Next, next slide. Uh, this is Eddie Brown, and you can actually see Tim back there now, and uh, Mary Shaner, John Shaner in the background. This is Eddie Brown. He was in our youth program and also played in our praise and worship band. Next slide. There's my wife over on the far side. You can see Sandy over there. All right, next slide. Big hugs. When I do baptisms, I love to get big wet hugs. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I don't care about the shirt or anything. But the baptisms on the street were so cool and really enjoyed doing that. But as much as we liked being at the Opera House, as much as we liked being in the Opera House, the whole time we were there, okay, we were looking, we were searching for our own place. And there are lots of stories connected to that search, and I don't have time to tell all the stories in all the places that the board traveled to look at, but we looked at warehouses, uh, brand new warehouses, old warehouses, vacated restaurant ones down by where the Shillings are living right now, and also the old Citizens Bank on Citizens Boulevard. But one day we got a call telling us that the Boys and Girls Club was for sale for $825,000. That's this place, okay, which of course we could not afford. We could not afford. So long story short, we, we came and we looked at it, and boy did it need some work, okay? We came, we looked at it, and then uh, the board checked it out, and then we decided one Sunday we'd bring, open it up for the whole congregation to come down, and, and the realtor was here, opened it up for everybody to come down and look. And then we presented it to the congregation a week or so later, and they voted, yes, let's, let's make an offer on it. So we made an offer of $500,000 and $50,000 down. Now, why did we make that offer? Because it's all we could afford. It's all we could afford. We made that offer, and almost instantly we got outbid, okay? We got outbid, and someone entered into a contract for the Boys and Girls Club. But guess what? The deal fell through. The deal fell through. So we put in a second bid of $500,000 and $50,000 down because 
That's all we could afford, right? Once again, someone made a bid and entered into a contract. And this time, it looked like it sealed up pretty tight. It was a church. They had a lot of financial backing. It was a satellite kind of church and thing. And we thought, okay, well, this is it, you know. Oh, well, that was a good thought. But people like Mary Jo, not just Mary Jo, but Mary Jo Ferreira came up to me and she said, no, Pastor John. She said, that is our building. That's what Mary Jo said. That's our building. God has set that building aside for Good News Church. And I'm like, well, okay, we'll, we'll pray, you know, a man of faith, right? We'll see, right? That was me, all right? So um, anyway, I got a call, um, uh, I don't know, about a month after that from Jan Ramos. And she says, John, you're not going to believe this. Guess what? I said, what? She said, well, I drove by the Boys and Girls Club and the for sale sign is up. For sale sign's up again. Well, what happened? All right, it fell through. The deal fell through. So Mary Jo Ferreira was right. God had set this building aside for us. And we got it for guess how much? 500000 50000 down. We financed the balance of it. Um, so here's a picture of three board members. It's coming up. There we are. This is Lee Hunter, Roger Smith, Fran Sullivan uh, putting their names on the line for us. Okay, signing their lives away financially for the proclamation of the gospel. Okay? So for three years, while we were in the Genesis Center in the Opera House, we were saving. There was a certain percentage, 10%, I believe, that was going to saving toward our own place. So that, there we saved up the $50,000 plus a little bit over $100,000 to renovate wherever we went to, which turned out to be the Boys and Girls Club. And boy, did this need some renovation. I'm telling you, we had some people that, that voted against it. They're like, no way, no way. I remember standing by that back door, looking this way, closing my eyes, trying to envision this as an auditorium. And I have to tell you, it turned out better than my imagination. God works that way sometimes. It turned out way better than my imagination. And here's a great part of our history, okay? Almost all the renovations that were done in this building were done by volunteers, okay? Almost all of them, except for the commercial air conditioning that you see up here that Robbie Holiday and Holiday AC provided for us at a very good deal. Also, the commercial lighting that you see in here was done by Northlake Electric and Ryan Strong and his dad, Mark Strong, who has gone on to be with the Lord. A wonderful salvation story there about Mark that I could tell, but I don't have time. And also the commercial carpet that's in here, which was a very special gift from Jessica Lewis, who is also with the Lord. And we remember her as well. But most of the renovations were done by volunteers. The floors, the ceilings, the cleanup, the scraping, all of those things. Just this around the top of this wall, Lee Hunter can tell you, we found everything in there from tennis balls to little G.I. Joe action figures, knives, pencils, ping pong balls, anything that the Boys and Girls Club people could have thrown up there. It, it was just filthy. We had to go all the way around with a scissor lift and clean all of that out. But a picture is worth a thousand words, and you're lucky I've got a few pictures, okay? So here, let's just uh, look through some of these pictures. All right, this is um, Gary Christensen, Marvin, and Ray, and that's the beautiful colors that this building was, okay? And uh, blue on the bottom, white on the top in some rooms, different things in different rooms. Okay, next. Ah, here's Barb Lee and Elaine Casey cleaning up. We had to clean the place up before we did anything. And it was a big job. It was a big job. 
You can see Elaine with her broom. Is she here? Is Elaine here? And Barb here? Yeah, they're, they're here. They're here. Okay, next picture. Ah, this is Rob, Rob Johnson to the left, Carson Magamal, and Chuck Sellers, and our checkerboard floor. That is the kids' church area, and you can't see it really, but over here right in front of Rob, there was an L wall that went that way. And I don't know if you know this, but Carson is a beast, right? And Carson and Chuck took sledgehammers to that wall, to the whole wall, and knocked it out. And uh, now that, of course, is our kids' church area. Um, next Ah, this is Greg Yoder. Greg is a drywaller by trade. He works in the villages in sales now. But look at that, look at that form. Look at that full leg extension. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Uh, Greg is cleaning the goo and scraping uh, the floorboards that go along. You have like a liquid nails type adhesive, and he's scraping that off and cleaning that off. And we had to do all of that. You can see it behind you. I'm not sure who, whose rear end that is behind there, but we won't go into that. Next, next picture. This is Mary. Look at that full leg extension. Mary Shaner. And she's even got a bottle of that, what's it called, goo, gooby gone there. And she's cleaning the adhesive off the wall. Next. Ah, there's my wife and Chris Smith. I don't know what they're doing. But obviously it's something they're doing with blue gloves. And they're, they're waving at us. There's, there's there. Okay, next slide. Ah, this is the front of the building before we did anything with it really, before it was painted or the... The sign went on her, but I don't know who it is on the right, but in the middle, that's Joe Ferreira, and I believe he was 80 years old. Yeah. We told him not to get up there, but Joe does, he was an American Baptist preacher uh, for years, career preacher. Okay, next, next slide. Ah, there's Roger Smith, and he is cutting ceiling tiles. Every single one of the tiles that you see coming in was replaced because they were nasty. Nasty, and there was insulation above them, still is. And uh, he's cutting it to fit in the, uh, in the kids' church area. Next slide. There's Tim Sullivan. Now, you're asking yourself, well, what is Tim Sullivan doing? Because he doesn't have any gooby gone, right? So he's sanding, because sometimes with volunteers, you know how it goes when you're painting, drips, and they would go down and dry. And so Tim was coming behind and sanding those down, and then touching those up. Okay, next picture. Ah, look at that form. That's Gary Christensen. And uh, Gary is not painting, he's priming. Uh, right, Lee? We put up a coat of primer, okay, after we clean the walls, and then two coats of paint on top of that. So that's Gary with the primer at that point. Next, next picture. There's Dale Aerosmith. I think Dale's here today as well. Dale is scraping off the Virginia creeper that were on the walls out there, and you got to get all that stuff off before you can paint it. But something you may not know about Dale is he was the foreman who um, did the framing of my house when Sandy and I moved here in 1987. Dale was the head of that and, and framed my house, by the way. Okay, next picture. Oh, my. That's a group shot. Guess who's on the top of that ladder with their head on the ceiling tiles? Colleen, Right? That's, that looks dangerous. It's like worse than Joe on the roof. Okay, she's on the top, and then that's Jan Ramis down below her, and Chris Smith, and Del Williams. And um, obviously, Colleen is cutting in along the top. Okay, next picture. Ah, uh, there's Donna Ledford. Donna's back working on the, on the deck with her husband right now. And uh, Donna is cutting in as well, up on the top of the ladder. Very dangerous. She should be holding on to something, Donna. But she was excited. Next picture. Ah, uh, yes. They did not give me any skilled jobs, okay? 
They didn't let me do it. Marvin let me one time, like, change a, a doorknob out. You remember what happened to that doorknob? You had to fix it because I, I didn't do a very good job. But this was the kitchen, and the tile floor was breaking and coming up, and we had to bust it all up and then get all the—and we had gotten all of the pieces of tile out. But then before you put the new tile down, you have to do what? Scrape all that grout off. And so that's the job they gave me because I couldn't break anything. Next slide. This is a great group here. Uh, you got uh, Trent Van Alstine, uh, Connor Kelly, Tim Knowles, that's Joe Ferreira who was up on the roof in the middle, Jeff Cowart, Harrison, uh, Harrison Kelly, and Kathy Klink and Marvin Klink on the end. Great, great group. Uh, they're hydrating because we worked in 90 degree weather for three months. We didn't turn our air conditioning on. That's one thing we wish we had done differently. We were, it, was, it was so hot, so hot. Next picture. That's Lee Hunter. He was our supervisor. Lee supervised all of the construction on this building. And so give Lee a hand. He worked really hard. Uh, he and Marvin worked hand in glove. And uh, Marvin is here also. Give him a hand. <laughs> Lee told me this week that Lee supervised, but Marvin did all the work. That's what Lee said. But I don't believe that because they were here every day of the week except Sundays. And then they were at church in the opera house because we were doing that while we were there. Okay, next picture. Here's the building. Um, this is before we start. No, this is after we did renovation. The new windows, you can tell there's new windows on the side. This is a cool story that happened. Um, we did not figure that into our spending, that we were going to need to replace 17 windows. So they were $400 a piece. And uh, we didn't ask for money for it, but we just let people know that, that we needed these windows. And by the end of the week, every window was paid for. People just came forward and did, that's the kind of thing that happened. Next picture, next picture. And this is back off. We also retarred and lined the parking lot. So let me see, is that the, the last, last picture of that building? I think so. All right, I think that's that. So you get the picture, right? We didn't, uh, we didn't use all the money in the renovations because Lee was so tight on the money. We actually had money left over, uh, which was really cool. But uh, here are some shots of our first worship service at this location. Let's, let's go ahead and put that up. There we go. Here's the parking lot. This is our first service, and it happened on November 17, 2013, 10 years ago next month. Okay, 10 years ago next month. And what a great day of celebration it was. We had just gotten our CO or our certificate of occupancy, but the place wasn't finished yet. There wasn't any carpet. We were worshiping on a, on a basketball court. Um, let's see the next picture. This is a picture from the back. You see there's no platform up here. This was built about a year later. Wasn't it about a year later, Lee? Something like that. And it was also built by volunteers under the supervision of Carson Magamal. And, um, but you can't see it, but there's basketball lines all over that floor. We're on the basketball court. This used to have six, six um, basketball hoops there, there, and then two here and two up here. And um, that was that. And if you look back there, you can see the scissor lift. You see the scissor lift behind Joey up there leading the worship? Okay, let's go to the next slide. This is from a picture taken by me from the scissor lift. Okay, I also preached that day from the scissor lift, and it's the first and last sermon I will ever preach from a scissor lift. But if you look very closely down at the bottom of the picture, you can see the line of the basketball court. And that's you guys. Super, super exciting. What a great day. What a great day. It was a big day for us. We also celebrated our fifth 
and 10th anniversaries. What's the next picture? I think this is our fifth anniversary um, right there. And it was a very exciting day. I think that day we did the Allman Brothers song, People Can You Feel It? Love is Everywhere. The name of the song is Revival. So now you know how it fits, all right? So that was from our fifth anniversary. But lots of good things, lots of good things have happened in the history of Good News Church. Amen? Amen. Lots of good things happened through those years. Uh, we also added to the playground later during that time, and I don't think we ever showed you any pictures of those, so I'm going to put some of those up there. This was also all volunteer. You can see the guys up there. And uh, those were just digging the holes. Okay, the next picture. Ah, I remember this well. The, the, the thing up on the top that holds the thing, this was, this was the time, and Carson's not here today, I don't think, but I thought I was going to die. Literally. I thought I was going to die because the poles are not cemented in, but we have the platforms bolted on there. And you see the ladders up on the platform? Kenny and Carson and I were on ladders on the platform, and that thing on top had to go up and slide down on the poles that were there. And they weren't cemented in. The, the platform was holding it, but we're up there, and it's doing this. Carson is a great leader, okay? And Carson said, I said, Carson, I don't think this is a good idea. He says, oh, we can do this, Pastor John. We can do this. Carson is a construction guy. I said, no, no, I don't think this is a good idea. This is an insurance nightmare. I don't think we should do this. He says, come on, Pastor John, get on your ladder. Get on your ladder. And so Kenny and I were up there, and we had to lift it up on top of the pipes, and then people are down there trying to guide the pipes and put it down. The ladder's going like this. I said, Carson, Carson, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm literally saying I can't do it. And Carson's like, go, Pastor John, keep going, keep going, keep going. Boom. And it worked. We got it in there. And guess what? I didn't die. But I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. Next picture. Next picture. Here it is, pretty much getting together. If you look down at the bottom, that's Keaton and Caleb Magamal here with their daddy. There's their daddy over there. And Colby, the three of them also were sort of like, um, what do you call it? Product, um, I'm like, I'm sorry. Anyway, they tested it out to make sure it worked. But they also brought us pliers and hand things, you know, scalpel, this and that. They bring us things. They helped through the whole thing. Um, next picture. And this is uh, not the whole team, but this is some of the team. That's uh, Caleb up there behind us. And uh, anyway, great team. Carson and Tim were very instrumental in supervising us, keeping us in there. And again, they gave me things that was not skilled labor uh, to help with that. But so many memories, so much ministry to our community. Um, I think about the living nativity, the living nativity and, and what great times that we had with that during the Christmas season. I think about the hoedowns that we had and the fall festivals as outreach to the community and the Living Last Suppers during Holy Week, the local missions like Laundry Love, Food Bank, Samaritan's Inn, and foreign missions when we took about 14 people, I think it was 14 people, to Haiti to build a community building in the village of Bethel. So many memories and so much history. But now... We have come to a time of change. We have come to a time of change. In the, in the Greek language, there's two words for time. There's chronos and kairos. Chronos is like chronology or a chronograph, like your watch. It just said the measuring of time. Kairos is different. Kairos means a special, significant point in time. 
And where we are right now is at another, we've had several kairoses, but now we're at a kairos. It's a time of change. It's a season of new and exciting direction for this church family and our mission. It's another page in God's plan for this church. And of course, that involves the calling of Mark Schilling as our new pastor, leader, and shepherd. I'm very excited about that. And this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer and confirmation and affirmation of his ordination as pastor of Good News Church. The board prayed over him to ordain him a week before last, and here's actually a picture of that. And um, Ralph is not in the picture because Ralph was taking the picture. Um, and that's Mark at our board meeting doing the ordaining of him. And we're going to do something very similar as a church family today. Uh, to agree together in prayer an affirmation of Mark Schilling's ordination with the laying on of hands. But before we do that, I'm going to point to a couple of places in the Bible that are very appropriate and applicable to what we do here today. The first one is 1 first, is first Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 19 through 21, where the prophet Elijah passes on his mantle of prophetic authority to Elijah, his younger counterpart, to carry on the prophetic role. It's not that Elijah's ministry was over, but he passed and placed his authority on to Elijah. And that is very symbolic of what we are doing here today. Mark and I have talked about this. The baton is being passed, right? The baton is being passed. The torch and the mantle of the prophetic role of pastor is being passed and placed upon Mark Schilling. In the Reformed tradition which our church comes out of, the pastor is in the prophetic role of proclaiming and teaching God's Word to rightly handle the Word of truth. And that's what's happening here today. That prophetic role is being passed. In the prophet, in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, the 12 apostles pick and ordain certain individuals for special ministry in Jerusalem to the needy, to the poor, to the widows, and they appoint certain people. And as part of that whole happening, as part of that, they, they did what we're doing today. It is the laying on of hands that is done to confer blessing and or authority. And that is part of what we do here today. We are confirming, conferring, and confirming blessing and authority on Mark, Pastor Mark, for ministry here at Good News Church. We today are affirming what God has already affirmed in my heart and in our hearts and in our vote and everything that's taken place. We are affirming today what the board has already done in ordaining Mark. And that's what we're about to do. So, Pastor Mark Schilling, I would like to ask for you and Stephanie to come forward at this time. I'll try and move this out of the way. And Scotty, if you and David would help me with the chairs, be great. I'd like y'all to, to sit right here. There we go. Now make sure they're centered. You know I'm funny about that. And what I'd like to do right now is I'd like to ask the um, present serving board members to come forward and also 
board members from previous boards to come forward, like Roger, we all, Tim, Terry, very good. Any other board members to come up? And I'd like for you all to all gather around Mark. And uh, what we're going to do is have a time of prayer. And uh, if you all would lay hands on them, just gather, gather around, get up close. And I'm also, once they get all up here and, and get placed, I'm going to offer it up to anyone else that would like to come forward. Um, if you're comfortable with that, um, some of you may just want to stay in your seats, and that's fine if you'll just like stretch out a hand as we pray for Mark and Stephanie. But anybody else that wants to come up, obviously everybody can't lay hands on Mark and Stephanie, but you can lay hands on someone who's laying hands, who's laying hands, who's laying hands, who's laying hands on them. So anybody else, if you would like to come forward and pray, just opening it up, whoever, whoever's comfortable doing that, if y'all would come up. And I have designated some people specifically to pray over the microphone uh, today. Um, but also, if there's anyone else, I'm going to open up a time if anyone else would like to offer uh, just a special prayer or a brief prayer. It's my grandson Knox is up here. This is great. This is great. Hey. My grandchildren. Oh, here comes Charlotte. Okay, here she comes. Come on up, Charlotte. Okay. Um, let's all stretch out your hands. Uh, toward us here as we pray. And I'm going to start us off. I'm going to start us off. Lord, I thank you so much for Mark and Stephanie, uh, for Nico, for Anna, for Ari, for their whole family and their extended family and their support system. I thank you for the process that we've gone through. And God, like I said, this, this, this was your idea. This was your idea. And we're just affirming that. Um, Lord, I just, I recognize that you have led Mark and Stephanie to this place, and, and, uh, and you did it for a reason and for a purpose. And Lord, as I look back over all the years and the things that we've just talked about this morning in our history, you have been with us all, all the way, 500,000, 50,000 down. Only you can do that, God. We thank you for that. We thank you that during COVID, someone anonymously paid off our mortgage. You, you just, you've just been there all along guiding us and leading us. And so I just pray right now, and I just affirm uh, Mark and Stephanie and, and, and Mark's ordination here at Good News Church, and we thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, and we look forward to the future with excitement and joy and hope. And God, I could not be more confident, could not be more confident in what you are doing and in what Mark is going to be doing here. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We ask that you fill this place with your fire of hope and anticipation for things to come as we ordain our brother Mark. Father, we give thanks for this man of God you sent to pastor our church. Thank you for Stephanie and his family for their support and willingness to serve us also. Bring Mark joy, Lord, as he faces the responsibility for leading our church in this divine path you have chosen for us. We give you praise, God, for all you're going to do for Pastor Mark, his family, and Good News Church. And Lord, I just uh, I admit that this is, uh, this is hard, you know? This is hard for Mark and for Stephanie, for Nico and Ari and Anna to move down here. This is really hard. 
and it's hard for a lot of us. Um, pastor John, he's been my pastor for over 35 years. This is uh, this is a, this is a hard time, and I'm just so grateful for She's it. Because it's in those hard times we're drawn closer to you. Um, it's in the wilderness, you know, that we're that this is the sweetest time with you, and we're we're so thankful that you're allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. This is what you're doing. This is not what we're putting together. It's what you're doing, and we're so excited. I'm so thankful that these guys are here. Heavenly Father, we give you glory for Mark and Stephanie and their family. Father, we ask that you empower them. Protect them, Father. Send your protection. Surround them. Provide them with encouragement. And allow us, Father, to be the support that they're going to need. We're going to we give you the glory, Lord, for them and as we move forward to build even a greater church for this community because we are the church for the people, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, uh, we're just thankful for this day. We're thankful for what you've built here in Leesburg and your direction. And I would just like to pray a special blessing on John and Sandy, um, a special blessing for Sandy as she takes John home full time. <laughs> Amen. We Amen. love him. Um, but all of our wives who have had retired husbands know <laughs> they're in for a treat. And Lord, we just, we just pray that his retirement will bring him blessings that he doesn't know yet, uh, like it has to many of us. We also lift up Pastor Mark and his family, and Lord, just um, just give him the vision. We know he has the energy, uh, but give him the vision that you have for our church. Uh, help him to implement that. Give him the strength and courage to make changes where, he, where he, you deem they need to be made, um, and help us support him in those things as we move forward to grow your church in this area. Lord, thank you for all you've given us. Father God, we thank you that you have brought us this far. I thank you for this man of God that you've sent from Rome, New York, and um, the ducklings that, uh, that are behind him and his wife, Stephanie. I thank you for health, peace, friendships innumerable that they will realize in their new home. I, thank, I am thankful for how he will minister to us, Father. Father. Father, from the shore, Jesus said, put out into the deep waters, cast your nets. And so here we are. We're ready for a great catch of sharing and believing and ministering to others who don't know you, Father. Use this man of God that you put before us. Thank you for Stephanie and the children as they minister as well. We ask all this in your name. And if anyone else would like to offer prayer, spoken and unspoken, um, take just a few minutes for you to offer those from your seat if you would like. Let's pray. Spoken and unspoken prayers. Feel free to pray.
I'd say a good future in being two. <laughs> you just have that become a picture, that picture that becomes more reality. Lord, we lift all these prayers up to you in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, we give you praise, we give you honor. Lord, lead on in your name. And all God's people can say with a loud voice, Amen. Amen. All right. At this time, as people are returning to their seats, Pastor Mark is going to share some thoughts with us about his hopes and dreams for the future. Please stick around and give all of them a hug and make them feel very, very welcome. Oh, it's, Rhonda's got it. Rhonda's got it for you. One, two. Hey, listen, don't get scared. I know you're thinking two preachers on one Sunday is more than you can handle, but I, this is all my notes right here. That's simple. No, they, they called me last night to give any slides. I got no slides. I have one verse, and then I'm going to let you go have lunch. But I am excited to be here, and I want to thank everyone for your warmth and your hospitality already that we felt uh, coming here, whether it's emails or phone calls or food being brought over, or, uh, people unpacking our, 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 our truck. It was a, a huge blessing. And as I was praying, as I was driving that massive 26-foot truck at, oh, speedy 61 miles per hour from New York to here, slow as two days of my life, uh, I had time to be with the Lord. I had time to be with the Lord. And because uh, no one wanted to ride with me, so it was just me and Jesus, you know. So, And, and he, he dropped this verse in my heart. It's from Isaiah 42. It says this. The prophet here is speaking to Judah who are besieged by the Babylonians, and they're in a bad spot. And, you know, it's like when you're, you're in a hard time, you need to hear a word from the Lord, amen. You need to, like, say, Lord, speak to me, you know. And, and uh, he says this, see, I love this, this is the Lord speaking. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Look at what he says. I'm doing something new. Do you see it? Can, can you picture it? Can you picture it? I'll t I, gotta, I have a confession. We got married when we were 21, and I made the mistake. See, you get married, you don't know. At 21, you don't know nothing on a good day. Come on, I'm talking to the guys out there. You think you know, you don't know. So I, I made the mistake of getting involved in homemaking, which was terrible. My wife would say, we need to buy curtains for this house. And as a 21-year-old, I said, we just bought the house. There are windows. There's a, if you wanted a wall, we could put a wall. It's a window so the light comes in. Why do you need curtains? And all the ladies are like, silly, silly man. And then she started introducing me to the idea of throw pillows. You just throw them. They're not even useful. They just, they just sit there. Do you, I'm like, we're going to spend money on these things? This is, this is insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, need, we have a bed pillow. That's all we need, you know? And, I mean, and so she started, she started making our, our house a home. Like, you saw those pictures. You turn that shell of a building into this beautiful house. So I, I, she finally got smart, and I finally got smart, and I just gave her the credit card, and then she did what she would do. She said, can you picture it? No, I can't picture it. Well, I came home. 
over the years, and I started to realize, ooh, I like this better, you know? That my natural odor of dirty socks had been replaced with sandalwood and lavender, and, and, and throw pillows kind of look good, and I thought, whoa, because in the beginning, she said, can you picture it? I'm doing a new thing in your life, Mark. Guess what? No, I can't picture it. I don't even know if I want it. I'm kind of scared, and it sounds expensive. And, and she's just, can you just trust me with this? You, you make the barbecue food, and I'll make the house a home. Just let's trust each other here. And I felt like the Lord would say this to this church. Listen, I'm going to be doing a new thing in Good News Church. And you say, can you picture it? And you almost go, not really. What, what, what's next? What, what's Pastor Mark going to do next? And where are we going? And what's going to happen? But the question is, you need to know this, is not, is not if God's doing a new thing, he's always doing a new thing. The question is, am I going to be a part of it? Am I going to surrender and submit and say yes to God and say, God, here, you take all that I have, and I trust you to make this house it a, the most beautiful house it's ever been. We thank God for where we've been. Just watching that was a, a blessing to me to see how God has brought us. But can I tell you, the best is still ahead. Do you believe that? And we have to say this, God, I trust you. I trust you. I could go into that verse because it, 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 just before in the verse, he starts to recount all the good things God had done. He took you, he took you to the sea, and he, he did this, and he did this, and he did this. And then abruptly, abruptly, the prophet says, forget the past. Now, that's something you say to someone that had a bad past. You say, like, you got to forget the past. Why would God say forget the past? All through Scripture, 500 times, it says, remember, don't forget, remember, don't forget. Even the Lord's table is a table of remembrance. So why does the prophet say forget it? Here's why. Not to forget who God is or for what God can do, but to realize in every season, there's a new thing happening. And listen, I've never been a 44-year-old. I've never been married 23 years before. I've never had an 18-year-old. Tomorrow my daughter will be a voting age. She'll be turning 18. And in every season, I realize this. I have to be present in the moment I'm in. I can't do with my 18-year-old correcting her in ways that I did when she was five. It doesn't work anymore. I can't say, go to your room when she's 18, because she might just get in the car and drive away. <laughs> so I have to say, Lord, how do I, how do I be present? And, and the Lord would say, Mark, I'm doing a new thing in your family. Listen, this is new for me. Hello, folks. I just moved from New York. You know what I'm saying? I can't even find my shoes. That's why I'm wearing sandals today, man. Someone's like, oh, you're in the Florida mood. I was like, I, I just can't find my shoes. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still unpacking. Listen, God is doing a new thing in my family. And listen, he's doing a new thing in our family here. And I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for us together that we together corporately would make a decision to give God his rightful due and say, God, why don't you build the house? The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain who build it. You say, what's the 10-year plan? I'm not sure yet. When I find my shoes and we spend some time together and pray together, get to know each other in the next six months, that's my heart is just to get to know you and you to get to know me and get to spend some time and hear stories. And in the middle of it, say, Lord, what are you doing next? You know, I've already met with the board once. I'm going to meet with them again. And we're already making plans for Christmas and believing God for good things. But I want you to just realize this. It's not just me, Right? It takes all of us saying, God, have your way in Good News Church. God, have your way in Good News Church. Lord, whatever role you want me to play, I'm going to say yes to you, God. Whatever you may ask of me, I'm going to say yes. You know, some of them, you think of spiritual things. You know, they just prayed over me. It's very spiritual. 
you know, I'm preaching, that can be spiritual. But you know the pictures of I, I saw of people painting and scraping glue? That's spiritual too. Because there's people saying in those moments, I'm going to give God my best to build the house of God. And I'll tell you, if that's our heart, who knows what God's going to do next. But I believe the best is yet ahead. Would you bow your heads, Lord? We love you. Lord, today, what an exciting day. And Lord, I can hear you even saying, can you picture it? Can you perceive it? Lord, give us eyes to see what you want to do in this region. Lord, let all of our hearts give you our best yes. That Lord, when you come and you seek us, that you would, you would find us saying, yes, Lord, I'm willing. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. Lord, I pray a blessing over Pastor John and all that he has done in this house. I pray this would be a season of strength for him. Lord, a season of knowing your voice. Lord, I just, I pray that, Lord, he would be able to see, Lord, the, 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 the church that he built go even further. And I pray for each one of us, God, that, Lord, you would use us in great and mighty ways. Lord, I pray for, that you would give me the wisdom and the grace and the courage I need, Lord, to be the leader this church needs in this season. Lord, I pray your blessing over your people now as we leave until we gather again together. May your grace be on us and be working through us this week for our good and for your glory. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. I, I'm so excited to be here. I look forward to seeing you. And if you want to chat with me after church, you can chat with me. If not, have a blessed week. And we'll see you next week here at Good News Church.